0: And it is our weekly visit with Nikki Collin, Baylor women's basketball coach. And the Bears coming off a really nice road win, 79-59 uh, uh, over Texas Tech. And, uh, Coach, those are a uh, it's never easy, especially when the opposing team is having one of those big celebrations. They were celebrating the 93 national title. And you look down there at the opposing coach. and She's wearing her old jersey uh, from the, from when she played on that team. Does uh, Have you coached against someone before wearing their old basketball jersey?
1: I have not. But I have to tell you, I told her I thought it was pretty cool. Um, you know, and, and she definitely had the unveiling as well. Because I don't know if they showed it, but she was wearing like a blazer. And then there was a bit of an unveiling. So um, it was it was pretty impressive. And, and I suppose, you know, I was I was telling her before the game um, that I said, you know what's crazy is I said the year you won the national championship was my senior year in high school. I said, we don't need to tell anyone. You know, I said, but it's really hard to believe that that was 30 years ago. I said, because I don't know how you feel. I said, but I don't feel that old enough for that to be 30 years ago. And we, we both kind of got a <laughs> chuckle out of it because, you know, in 90, that next season, um the Purdue team I played on was in the final four. So the, we were there a year after. So it was a big deal in the Big Ten because Ohio State had been there in 93. We were there in 94. And so it was kind of back-to-back years that the Big Ten had had teams in the final four. So um neither were champions, of course, but uh, at least that year. But, yeah, it was a, a great crowd and, and I'll tell you, I, I think that they're, um, I, I can say this super honestly, I've always felt like um, their crowd, and I can't say that everyone's felt this way, and maybe on the men's basketball side it hasn't been, but they, they'll boo you, but it's like in good humor. Like it's, you know, they were booing when we came out, and I um, it's bumped a bunch of them, and and they begrudgingly, like at first, they're like, "Should we fist bump her?" Like, you know. But I, I kind of have that mentality of of killing with kindness, kind of thing. And uh-huh. so, before you know it, they were all they were all fist bumping me while they were booing. So <laughs> you know, I just I think it's kind of a fun environment when. Look, I mean, there's 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 reality, and and look, it's not just on the women's side; on the men's side as well, there are certainly places that don't draw, and you got to create your own energy. But I think everyone, whether you're at home or on the road, would rather stay in front of, you know, a a, a big crowd. And so it really was um, a, a lot of fun. And, and I thought their, their fans were um, into the game, but not really negative. You know, now there's like yeah. this thing when you walk off the court that they've created where they don't want the coaches crossing after the handshake line. So, you know, I, I thought, oh, I didn't do this last year, but I don't know when they implemented it. I don't know. But at some point last year, they implemented this rule. So, you know, you go in the back hallways of um, the arena and, and do a big loop to come back out for um, radio. So I did a one whole loop around the arena um, to, to come right back to the radio. So I thought, well, you know, I guess I guess everyone was safe though. So that's
0: right. That's right. You never know what could happen there in uh, Lubbock. And I would add that the the men, especially given the uh, uh, the Chris Beard situation when he came back there, uh, the, the men's right. crowd seems to be a little more mean-spirited. <laughs> it's, yeah. But both, both uh, they do have proud history there, uh, especially on the women's side of things. And I, I thought, I, I really thought, you know, and I was just kind of taking a look back at, uh, at what happened on, on Saturday. And I, I, I like the way y'all handled. They did make a run. Coming out of the half, you're up by ten at half, and they go on an eight-zero run and climb back in. The crowd got into it, and that I think that had to be something that you were uh, pleased with the poise your team showed. And then, as I recall, you kind of started getting to the line, uh, and just that just kind of slowed things down. You get the uh, uh, and and you know you increase the lead, and then honestly, you got it back to ten and never looked back the rest of the game.
1: And we we got contributions, you know, kind of all the way around, which was good. Um, I think we settled in a little um, in terms of what they were doing um, defensively. Um, You know, we we made their leading scorer inefficient, certainly scored a bunch of points. But, you know, when you get, you know, 22 points on 21 shots, you know, you're doing something right. And that included, you know, a bunch of free throws. And and so, you know, I, I thought, you know, I was quick to call a timeout in the first half. Um, when they went on a 5-0 run just to kind of settle us and to not let the crowd go on. But, you know, last year, a year ago, in that building, we were up 16 and a half. And they had cut it to two within like five or six minutes. And I would called one time out, almost had to call a second time out because they got really rolling from three a year ago. And so, um, that, you know, we were already messaging that, like, this is a team that, you know can get hot I mean they they certainly the week before had beaten Texas in there and so I, I think I think the one thing about our players they realize now that you know anyone can win in this league uh, because at this point pretty much everybody has um, outside of TCU um, and so because of that you know I mean you, you have to you have to respect your opponent and you have to respect you know what they're doing and and really understanding like hey if, if if this is a team that's gonna have two players take the bulk of their shots, we gotta load up. You know, we've got to make those shots difficult for them, and understand that we can't we can't get hugged up on other kids just because, you know, they may be a good three point shooter. If if uh, you know these two kids aren't getting a lot of assists, they're taking a lot of shots. Then, man, when they put the ball on the bounce, there we've got to be ready to rotate. You know, and make uh, their shots difficult. So so I did. I thought we were good at getting to the line. I thought we were good putting a lot of downhill pressure on them. You know, we did a better job as the game went along, really playing inside the lane lines and attacking to drop off some kicks um, because we really did a good job getting by their first layer of defense. So then it was about, do we make good decisions once rotation happens? And I thought as the game went along, we did a really good job. I thought we started the game with too many turnovers and then really settled in as the game went along and, and got really good minutes from Jaden in the second half. and. And bugs really, you know, kind of came on, and and so I just thought, you know, even Jana, even though she only made one basket, that's the most minutes she's played. Her plus minus when she was in was like plus twenty four, or something like. I mean, her minutes were really good, um, even though she didn't put up a ton of points. So that that was
0: mm-hmm. that
1: was really good for this team to keep getting some some true bench support.
0: Talking to Nikki Collin on her weekly appearance, I'm glad you brought up uh, Jana. I mean, he, I thought her defense on the perimeter gave them some trouble, led to some turnovers. She got up in them, and you could tell she's a she's got a really nice three-point shot. It just wasn't falling in that game, but she's certainly capable of knocking that down. And it was uh, it's interesting how you uh, a player breaks her nose, and then that leads to even more minutes. I think <laughs> maybe that. <laughs> maybe that herbs Yeah, and, then, and i'd like to say
1: broken like in a game or in practice but this was you know one of those uh evening you know getting the gym activities and and like so you know it's uh i i think you know those are one of those you you get the text message while you're out on the road recruiting that your kid's on the way you know to the er with a broken nose and and, and it was no question like you take one look at Jana's nose and you're like ah. Uh, not is it broken, that's broken, you know, like so there, there will be some probably, um, uh, you know, a procedure in the future uh, because it's not exactly centered right now. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I joked with her during the game. I'm like, you got to rotate and take a charge. Of it. Like you're already wearing a mask. Like you're, you're protected, you know? So, and I think that's where we've got to get her. She's, um, you know, doesn't have great size and, and isn't going to overwhelm people, like, physically. Um, but, but you need those scrappy defenders. We, we need a Caitlin version at the guard. You know, we need yeah. a player that is willing to sacrifice their body, is going to dive on a loose ball, is going to rotate and take a charge. And, and I just think that's the mentality we got to get her to um, because you're certainly you know, not going to block a lot of shots, and she's not a player that's just going to pick pockets all the time. You know, so how how can you impact this at the defensive end? It's energy. It's knowing, you know, your opponent. It's, you know, like I, I was consistently talking to her throughout the game about you're guarding a non-shooter. You can show deeper help. Um, you know, I mean, even if our principles are we're not going to ball side help, you know, if it's a non-shooter out there in the corner, ball, you can ball side help all you want. You know, we want them to make that pass. And so, you know, but that, that's hard for freshmen. That's hard for new players to go, okay, here are our rules. But, you know, it's it's, it's almost like when you're first learning to play baseball, and I'll never forget when my son was first playing, and, and he didn't exactly love baseball, you know, and it was I'll never forget when he was in the batter's box, and he hit a pop fly, and he wouldn't leave the batter's box. Now, he's like six or seven at the time. And I'm like, Connor, you got to run. And he said, but, Mom, you told me less than two outs, like ball hit in the air, you don't leave. I'm like, oh, <laughs> lord, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of one of those. Like when you learn baseball like everything's so situational, you know, I mean, there's rules, you know, in, in every situation. And, and so it kind of is a little bit that way to me when you break it down, it's okay, here's our general principles. Here's where our rotation comes. You know, and we have to understand those, but when you're playing an opponent and you know your personnel Like you can do a little bit more, you know, we're obviously when we play Oklahoma, we're probably going to stay a little closer to Taylor Robertson than our normal defensive principles, you know. And so I think it's it's really getting, you know, even even any of our new players plus, you know, freshmen to really understand situational basketball.
0: Well, and I, by the way, Taylor Robertson, I saw Steph Curry invited her out to the game the other night. and They get, they had a powwow beforehand, getting to talk about threes and that kind of thing. So that was kind of cool when they were uh, in Oklahoma City the other night. Now, um, Jade Owens, Let's you mentioned back her. back to her,
1: though, because I do want to say this about Taylor Robertson, because I think yeah. it's a really cool thing that she just did. And, you know, I'll be the first to say, but did she do it? Um, You know, knowing that Kelsey Mitchell broke it before and Kelsey Mitchell played four years at Ohio State, you know, when when she went into this year, I knew she'd obliterate the record, you know, but I think the coolest thing is she broke the record in one less game than Kelsey Mitchell. And so even though Kelsey did it in four years and Taylor's doing it in five it was she Taylor Robertson actually did it in one less game. So while she'll ultimately obliterate the record and it will be hard for anyone to ever catch it because the COVID year is disappearing and people are going to get four years and, and it's a crazy record. Um, But just wanted to shout her out because I think what she's done considering the way defense is player and and you don't want to even give her a look at the rim is, is pretty amazing. So yeah, I just I think everyone needs to know that because if I was even one of those skeptics going, yeah, but she's going to get an extra year to do it. Well, she still did it in one less game than Kelsey Mitchell. So I thought it was pretty awesome.
0: I like that point. Uh, Nikki Collin making her weekly appearance on the Matt Mosley Show ESPN Central Texas preparing for the Jayhawks to arrive. In Waco for a uh, game tomorrow night, uh, seven o'clock uh, tip on that one. Everybody needs to, to, be, to be out there. I was going to ask you about Jade Owens. Um, you know, obviously, was having a really good season, and I don't exactly know uh, two games in a row where she was held scoreless, which was just highly unusual for the season she was having. She breaks back out against Tech, and to me, looked extremely confident. Was was you know, pulling up, hitting uh, jumpers and just really, and then taking it to the to the rim at times. What did, you know, is there anything after that loss at Texas where she was held scoreless, and honestly, you didn't you get a lot of scoring from, from uh, uh, you know, several players. Did you specifically say anything to her or do anything to kind of get her going offensively?
1: Yeah, I mean, I actually talked to her um, late in the Texas game. You know, I think that um, you know, Jaden, um, it's just a new role for her, you know, this year. And I think, you know, sometimes it's it's easier when people don't have any expectations for you. And so I know she had expe- expectations and, and certainly we did for her, but I'm talking about like the general public, the idea of like, no one is talking about, Jade, no one's going into the season. You know, no one's got her on a preseason all-conference game. Nobody, mm-hmm. you know, and I think the fact that we had two starting guards back from a year ago that both averaged double figures, I think early on, um, people probably didn't give her um, enough attention. You know, it was, it was Jamie and it was, you know, and I think I've said this on here before, like Jaden consistently gets um, the opponent's third best defensive guard. You know, it just is that is the reality for her because of Jamie's history in the league and, and Sarah's season a year ago and, and kind of what she's capable of doing. And so I think early in the season, um, Jaden was surprising people a little bit, you know, and I think she also was getting to do it, um, not always against, you know, elite defenders. And I think as as you get deeper into the season and especially get into conference games and everybody knows everybody and, and has recruited everyone because we're all in the same region. And, and, you know, I mean, it knows your strengths and weaknesses better and is, is less apt to um, go just off of, oh, they had two good games. It's kind of like a, but what is the historical data? You know, is she a good three-point shooter? Is she not type of thing? Um, and, and I think, you know, she just, she wasn't, um, Jaden's really, really good when she gets by her defender and is in the open court and can see ahead. In in league play, teams have done a better job staying on her hip, and it's just harder reads. Like you're you're kind of by them, but you're not. They're not behind you, you know. Where if they're behind you, all you're doing is reading do I shoot the layup, do I shoot the jump shot, do I have a drop pass, kick out pass. Like Jaden's really particularly good in transition. Where kind of she has room to see and navigate, you know. And so as the game gets more of a half court game, as the game gets Tighter as there's people on her hip, she's having to adjust with finishing through contact, finishing around people. Um, you know, against Texas, she was consistently picking her dribble up too soon. Um, it's hard to make decisions and reads when your last dribble is just past the three point line or the elbow. Now, guys might be able to do that, but not many females who are five seven or five eight, you know, are capable of picking their last dribble up um, outside of the elbow and really getting in there, playing off two feet. Um, making the kick-out pass, ball side or weak side. And so, you know, really, she just – it's a process, you know. And I think she – we're at our best. And and it's not just Jaden. We're at our best when – um, while we've – Sarah's had some huge games for us and we've needed them where we have balance, you know, where we have mm-hmm. five people in double figures, where we have nearly six people in double figures, where we're hard to guard because you can't just dial in on somebody. Um, and, and I think that's where – um, she just has to get comfortable with what she's good at, you know, and it's it's not necessarily step back threes and getting baited into taking shots when people are backing off of her. It's saying I'm fast enough to get by you and I'm patient enough to move the basketball and get it back and get a close out, you know, and so I think some of it's just learning the game. It's getting back in the gym. Um, Jaden is, is, is just fine. She shoots the ball just fine on a wide open kickout. You know, when the defense collapses and, and she gets the extra pass, like, is stepping in, I'm, like, pretty confident. But, you know, when she gets real frisky and wants to start shooting step backs, like, um, you know, it's it's analytically not a good shot for her. And so sometimes it's hard to, you know, we talk to our players all the time about, like, you know, we do scouting reports on our opponents, right? And, like, you read the scouting report, and when you read it, like, are you are you actually offended for that kid that we would write that? You know when we say they can only go right or they can only go left or they turn left shoulder or they they don't guard laterally or whatever it is, you know, like do you get offended for them like do you think, oh my gosh, like our coaches are so mean, they're saying that kid can't go left, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's and you know of course, the answer is no, and I said, well, you have to understand that you guys all have tendencies too, and they're they're on our opponent scouting reports, you know so you know, people know like Jamie goes better right than she goes left. You know, like it's, it's, um, it, you know, that Bugs wants to go left and not go right. Like that, um, you know, and, and that they, someone wants physical, doesn't like physical play and just bump her. It'll make her uncomfortable or, you know, I mean, it, it's every player, including Candace Parker, you know, has tendencies, you know, and so it, it's like this idea of like, don't get offended get better, but then be really good at your strengths and like understand them. So I think that's, that's part of it. And I know that was a really long answer on Jaden, but I think, you know, it's, it's a long season and teams start to scout you better as the season goes along and you kind of have to simplify and you have to get good at at things that you're really capable of being good at and not trying to do more um, or quite frankly, less, you know, as a result. Mm
0: Yeah, I think it'll be uh, it, it, hopefully what happened against Tech. She just kind of found her rhythm again, and, and and she really looked comfortable out there, and that was great to see. Lastly, with uh, Kansas coming in, uh, it's a team that uh, since obviously they've done some really big, big-time big things this season, you all beat them there, and, uh, and then they kind of went on a bit of a tailspin. They're coming off a nice win over their rival, K-State what um what are you seeing from them and what's the biggest challenge that uh that they present
1: yeah i mean it's funny like it's 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 hard to say tailspin when you like go on the road to ou and texas you know back to back and so um i think you know it was it was unfriendly scheduling in some ways and we all have those patches but um you know i think um for them you know i think a lot of it is um you know, Jackson still leads our league in blocks and rebounds and field goal percentage and is, you know, in the top 10 in scoring. And so, you know, a big part of our win up there was us um, controlling her. And, and it was it was mainly Caitlin Bickle did a great job of being physical and, and hitting her early and, and not letting her um, get comfortable. Um, we also did a good job of getting her in screening actions as the game went along so we could get her away from the rim because, it was a block party for her in the first quarter, um, but as the game went along, we started to screen with her player to get her away from the rim. And, and uh, so, you know, but they have they have a lot of veterans. They're, the, they're, you know, just like Oklahoma. I mean, they're a team that returned everyone from a year ago, you know, and last year was a big jump for them in terms of where they were picked to where they finished and how competitive they were um, to being ranked this year with, with kind of everyone returning. You know, when Franklin's aggressive at the point or whether she's a combo guard and playing off the ball a little bit more this year, you know, she's so good getting to the rim and can, you know, there are very, I always say this, like, everyone loves a floater these days, you know, but there are very few players that actually make the floater. Um, Zakiya Franklin is one of those people that can make it right-handed, can make it left-handed and can shoot it off the glass and so she's hard to guard. And then her is just one of those players that can get super hot. And so, you know, they're they're really balanced that way. I mean, I think they're a team that needs paint points and needs to play downhill. And, you know, Mayberry hurt us a year ago, the daughter of Lee Mayberry, and, you know, in the succession of Mayberry daughters that have played college basketball. And so, you know, I, I think they um, always defend. You know, when we played on the last time, they were seventh in the nation in rebounding. And we went up there and out-rebounded them. And, and it, a big part of it is just staying... Even with them on the boards, you know they're a hard team to just full on beat on the boards. But you know you got to compete with them on the boards because it's yeah. something they're really good at. So, um, yeah, I mean a really good opponent. It was a good win for us up there. Um, we weren't great in the first half, but we played as good a second half as we've played all season up there, and and you know kind of need to do that from the beginning.
0: All right, well, always fun to catch up with you and tell Mayberry. That you're gonna give her forty minutes of hell, okay?
1: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I, I I would actually, you know, um when I was I was spent seven years at Arkansas, so yeah, you know, Lee would Lee would come around occasionally. So <laughs> I don't know him well, but it would it would be great to see him here. I yeah. I don't know how, how many games he gets to. Yeah. Um especially he's got, you know, a daughter playing at Tulsa right now too, so um but yeah. Good Lee. to
0: catch up. Lee the Big O Todd Day I mean those Corey Beck that Nolan had that thing running so yeah bringing back a lot of those uh, SWC memories from those days but uh, that'll be that'll be hey, interesting imagine,
1: playing noon ball. imagine playing noonball imagine playing noonball with some of those guys like when I was when I was there you know <laughs> it was uh, yeah. oh, it was man. it was a challenge at times but you know was, the biggest competitor was Mike Anderson you didn't mess around. Oh, with, with Mike, when you was game point, you better not take a shot and not make it. That's all I can <laughs> say about about Mike Anderson. You know.
0: Oh, yeah. I
1: was a good screener on game point, let me tell you. (laughs) That's
0: right. (laughs) You didn't want to be part of that. Know your role, right? Know your role. That's right. That's right. Well, hey, good luck. And uh, I hope everybody, uh, weather will hopefully start to kind of clear up and then hopefully uh, get a good crowd out there for Baylor versus Kansas. Nikki, great to visit with you. I appreciate it.
1: Uh, You got it. Have a great day.
0: There she goes, Nikki Collin, Baylor women's basketball coach. Huge game against Kansas, and uh, we will uh, continue down this pass. Thank you, Myatt Fuels, for what you do and your support uh, and, uh, and loving Baylor women's basketball. All right, it is time to get back into a couple of holdovers from the conference championship games and a thought on Dak Prescott's future. That is next.